This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. I need a camera crew at the darkness retreat. Pronto. According to my sources. Think about Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders for a second. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know Where is Aaron Rodgers? What's he doing? And why should any of the rest of us care? Because he's making decisions that could... He's still QB1. Right now. I mean, as of right now, he's QB1. Is he in the dark, Ray? Well, yes. Is he on the darkest (laughs) retreats? I don't know. Uh, But he was not on Pat McAfee today. Typically, Tuesdays are Pat McAfee days. I remember last year was March 8th. He came back on Pat McAfee and said, I'm coming back. I'm playing. It was shortly thereafter the Packers announced a contract extension. And everybody was set at ease, right? Aaron's coming back after back-to-back MVP seasons. Whoo, crisis averted. I think if you were to poll our audience right now, maybe we should do this, Adam. I, I think the overwhelming majority of our audience would say, time to move on. I, I truly believe that, given the way he played last year, given the money that's owed to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sure it's something the Packers are thinking about right now, too, as they try and figure out what they want to do with the quarterback. Yep, yep. Let's do a basic poll right now sure. before you continue, Greg. Adam, put the poll up. Just do you want Aaron Rodgers back as a Green Bay Packer next year? Yes, no. Yeah, very simple. I, I would be willing to bet it's 65-45. Where are we putting right. this poll? That they want him gone. We'll, we'll, uh-huh. we'll put the poll on the WTMJ Twitter feed, and then we'll all retweet it. Okay, so here are a couple of things uh, to keep in mind. Today is the day that the franchise tag window opens in the NFL. So I, it's really a nothing burger in Green Bay. It's it's never really been an anything burger. You might see the Baltimore Ravens use their franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. But that's beside the point. You're now in this less than one-month window until the league year begins and free agency begins. So over the weekend, you had Derek Carr, who's a free agent quarterback. He played last year with Devontae Adams, with the Raiders. Remember, Adams wanted to go to Las Mm -hmm. Vegas to play with his college teammate, his good friend, his buddy. And that all blew up. They had a terrible season together, although Adams had good numbers. Well, Carr's meeting with the Jets. So now the Jets are in a very interesting position. Do they want to strike a deal with Carr? Do they try and wait for Aaron Rodgers? Here's Jeff Darlington from ESPN. This one is getting extremely interesting. Derek Carr visiting with the team, and I'm told that it was a very positive meeting, that the Jets really believe that Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that can lead them to a potential championship. They also believe that the meeting went really well. Here's the rub, though. Aaron Rodgers still lingers, and the team also remains fascinated in the possibility of adding him. So why is that a problem? The timeline. Right now, we're looking at a situation where Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gone to the Packers to say whether he wants to be traded. We don't know if the Packers would be willing to trade him. We obviously know that there's a decision to be made there. So, do the Jets go hard for Derek Carr now, or do they risk potentially losing him and waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers? It is an ultimate predicament. I expect hard conversations within Florham Park to figure out which direction they go on their quarterback position. Ah, I love Mm, this kind of stuff. Isn't that fun? The intrigue. (laughs) It really is. So, Sandy, you're looking at odds, right? I did find some odds on one of the betting websites. Yes. Aaron Rodgers' next team. So what's the top five currently? Number one, Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Number two, your New York Jets. Number three is where the Packers are. Then it drops. But your fourth team is Indianapolis Colts, and your fifth team is the Washington Commanders. Oh, so, Okay, so would you label it a three-horse race based upon yes, the odds you're yes. seeing? 
Yes. And the Packers are third in the race right wow, now. Wow, how about that? It's just kind of interesting. That is rather remarkable. All right, hey, the poll's been posted, so uh, go to my Twitter feed or the WTMJ Twitter feed, and you can vote. It's this simple. Do you want Aaron Rodgers back as a Packer next year? Yes or no? Poll is open. Vote now. Rodgers watch every day at 410 on WTMJ. Up next, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, an optimist or a pessimist, married or single, may influence just how sweet your sweet tooth is. Ooh, we're testing it out today on Punchki Day, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's up next on WTMJ. We have been getting our fill of sweets around here last couple of days, that's for sure. We had a greeby punchkis in the studio yesterday. There are punchkis upstairs, punchkis downstairs, punchkis on the stairs. Here at Radio City, they are everywhere. And on this day where we talk dessert and breakfast donuts, I found this survey. 37% of people, 37% say they have a bigger sweet tooth now than when they were a kid. So I was trying to think about that. I have a really, really, I have a really serious sweet tooth. I cannot avoid it. I eat some chocolate every single day, literally. And I was trying to think, is my sweet tooth stronger than it was when I was a kid? I think so, but I wasn't allowed to eat that much sweets when I was kids. We never were allowed to have soda. Um, we didn't have dessert every night. And now I have dessert every single night, literally. And I eat a lot of sweets. I feel like as a kid, candy was currency. Mm-hmm. Somebody at school always had some, you know, like, and, and you got excited about it and you look forward to going to the store after school. Like, candy was a big part of childhood. Mm-hmm. For and I feel like it was more of a treat. Like, now, I literally every day in my lunch bring some chocolate. So it's, I love it, obviously, but it's not a treat. Like, when you were little, to your point, it yeah. was currency. Introverts versus extroverts. A study of 2,000 people who they self-identified for these categories. So like introvert versus extrovert, you had to self-identify which you believed you were. And the research found that more extroverts than introverts say sweet is more important than savory. So extroverts liked sweet more. Introverts tended to like savory more. You show up, you're the life of the party. You're probably bringing a cake or bringing the <laughs> cupcakes. You know, that makes sense to me. And if you're kind of shy, you're in the corner with the trail mix. Or the, or the, or the charcuterie board. <laughs> optimist versus pessimist. Once again, people had to self-identify which they were. Those with an optimistic viewpoint overwhelmingly preferred sweets over savory. 78%. Wow. But people who identify as optimistic say they would rather have a sweet treat than a savory treat. Pessimists were the opposite. Are you so so far? Are you are you falling into this gregarious? Yeah, I think so. What about you? So you're more. You are definitely more optimistic. Would you say you prefer sweet or savory? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a sh- yeah. It's tough. It is tough. Here's in my household now. When you talk about your taste buds evolving as an adult, I will not allow cookies or chips in my house. <laughs> And this is even if I lived all by myself, because I cannot control myself. My dad loved potato chips. So it's like, if you yeah. get the big family size bag, oh, I can take care of that in two sittings. You destroy Look that. Out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Wait. I would, I much prefer cookies and candy. Me too. Can't savory also be sweet, though? Sure. Oh, where are we going where, with where, this? Well, I Give us an example. I, just I don't know. Can you? Well, like a salted caramel. To me, that is both savory oh. and sweet. Oh, and gourmet. Look at you. A tuna, a, a tuna punchki. Tuna punchki. <laughs> that would be right, That would also be savory and sweet. Well, you are definitely an optimistic. You are a very optimistic person. Would you say you prefer, and I know it's hard to generalize, but you prefer sweet or savory? 
So I, I think I prefer savory. And, and here's, here's my, my example. When I was in Boston covering the Bucks in the playoffs, I went to a place called Mike's Pastry, which oh. is legendary. Cannolis. It is unbelievable. Yes. Right. They have got more cannoli on the menu than you could ever imagine. But I went with the one filled with ricotta cheese mm-hmm. instead of the overly sweet. Like if there's too much frosting, mm-hmm. I have to take it off. If there's too much filling, yeah. i got to remove some of it. So I went yeah. with more. It, it was a little more. It was less sweet, but delicious. My goodness. This is a very interesting little stat. So first, married versus single. Um, it says that people who are married tend to gravitate towards dessert more than savory, but it doesn't give a number. Okay, so that's kind of a generalization. But listen to this stat. It's very interesting. 73% of people in the survey said knowing someone's favorite dessert is a clear indication of closeness and intimacy. Oh, I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, if you know somebody's favorite dessert... There's a level of closeness and intimacy. Ooh. Right? I just figured out a dessert, key lime pie. That's probably savory, because that's not <laughs> oh. really sweet. Uh, it's not overly it's sweet. Dessert. It's kind of savory. But yeah. it's certainly dessert. Love yeah. the filling and crust. Yeah, mm. exactly. All right, so that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the uh, the talk today. All right, so we, we've had punchkeys around here for like two and a half days straight. <laughs> yeah. And like no they, one's they are complaining. Everywhere. <laughs> so I... It, Until it, tomorrow, where there will not be any, because Lent will have begun. So where I'm stuck is... Is a donut a dessert, or is it a breakfast item? <laughs> well, Poonchki is not a donut. We covered that yesterday with That's a Polish our friend donut. from Greenies, Rachel. Uh, well, I it, think you were more likely to have a Poonchki in the morning if yes. you're popping through Greebies than go through at 4 yes. o'clock and I say, I'm getting these for dessert. I started my day with coffee and yes. But yes. people get married now and have donuts as the wedding cake dessert. That's Our, true. The former producer of this show had a wall of donuts at his reception, so the donut was dessert. That's interesting. Uh, Mike Spalding was just telling me today that he had Greeby's crullers at his wedding. Also delicious. Yum. Now, if I, my girls woke up in the morning and said, Dad, can I have a piece of cake for breakfast? I would say, no. Are you kidding me? Like, oh. you, No, we're not. that's not breakfast. But if they said, let's go get donuts and have bacon, I'd say, yes, <laughs> that is breakfast. And the donut has the same sweet... Factor is the piece oh, of cake. I'm sure. Same calorie intake, yeah. fat intake, whatever. Like, there's no Do difference. Do you have muffins for breakfast, though? Occasionally. Well, muffins are cake in disguise. Same thing, yeah. yeah. Somewhat, although there's yeah. typically not frosting on the muffins that I'm having. But they there's... might have those big chunks of sugar on top. Yeah. Or they have chocolate chips well, in them. Well, what's a donut, then? Is it a des- dessert or is it breakfast? Yes. <laughs> Can be both? <laughs> there you go. I think so. Says John, who already admitted he had brings sweets for lunch, which now I'm going to be strolling through the cafeteria like hey john it's a double standard because donuts are acceptable for breakfast you're right but cake is not but only in your household i've had cake for breakfast i love cake or a brownie for breakfast or a piece of pie but not as a kid though if your daughter was eight would you give her cake for breakfast she'd be bouncing off the roof of the bus (laughs) right yeah so donuts dinner or Mm. not or dessert or not well, it could be dinner, too. I know. <laughs> Let's just add another category. I like I the that feel of that. that was my Freudian yeah. slip. I'm trying to figure out. The world demands to know. Donuts, dessert, This is the desserts. stuff we need to be figuring out. Yeah. Well, because uh, you have to figure it out now, because if you are going to be observing Lent starting tomorrow, it's going to be probably 40 days without sugar or whatever it is that you're choosing to. I'm not giving that up. <laughs> no. not, that's not the thing. I'm as Catholic as they come, but I'm still eating sweets every single day. You're giving up tuna fish. Yes, exactly. Yeah, just get, or your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You give those up for Lent. Yeah. <laughs> if you've survived right now, what is it? It's not even March 1st. My resol- oh, I, didn't, I don't do resolutions. Do you do resolutions? I did not this year. Yeah, I have in the past, but I didn't this year either. 
Get that out of here. That's too hard. I didn't bring it up. That's, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Have another punch key. Yeah. All right. It's 426. I want the answer. Like I need, I'm the kind of guy that needs an answer. Is, is a donut yes or no for dessert? Uh, maybe we should do another poll, Adam. It's, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Donuts. Classify a donut. All right. Desserts well, Adam puts breakfast. the donut poll up. Adam's going to put the donut poll up. Uh, donut for dessert, yes or no? Here's the Packer poll. We wanted to know, Packer fans, if you had enough of Aaron Rodgers, do you want Aaron Rodgers back as a Packer next year? That was the question. 67% say no. You nailed it, Greg. I think I said 65 you 45. Nailed it. So we'll have, what, 23 hours left on the yeah. poll? We can check in tomorrow. Yeah. This has only been going for 10 minutes, and we have uh, over 100 votes. And 67% say no, they don't want Aaron Rodgers back. So you can weigh in. Go to WTMJ's Twitter page, uh, my Twitter page. You can vote on today's poll. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Yeah, this is a story of things don't. But the dog that's in this tale will be busy. I got a bad dog story. So yesterday, of course, we had Poonchkis in the studio because we were getting ready to promote Fat Tuesday. So we all took Poonchkis home, right? Everybody take Poonchkis home? Yeah. I took them home. So I took home a couple of Poonchkis for Michelle and I have for breakfast this morning. So I got up before her this morning, so I made her lunch, and I put it in her cute little bag, which is a corgi bag, by the way. I put it in the little bag, and then I got our poonchkis out. I had one for her and one for me, and I sat them on the island in the kitchen and a little napkin underneath, you know, and they're they're kind of on the edge of the island. And I go in the bathroom, and I'm kind of proud of myself, and I'm happy because she takes good care of me. And I'm shaving in the bathroom. You know, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm half awake. And suddenly I hear Michelle say, bad dog you are such a bad dog oh no i thought oh my god what is happening here so i go out into the kitchen and she goes can i eat half of your poonchki and i said why honey what's the matter and she said baxter jumped up and grabbed the poonchki off the counter and i came around the corner in the kitchen and she said i could hear this on the floor and i looked down and baxter was devouring the poonchki but you have corgis. Yes. Right. And the counter that is apparently about, know how to pull vault. With those yeah. little legs. <laughs> the, the counter is about three feet tall. The, the island, I would say, three feet. It is so tall that they cannot stand on their hind legs and put their feet up onto the top of the counter. They, they're not that tall with their short little legs. But he can jump. And Bella doesn't like to jump. But Baxter can jump, like, I'm not exaggerating, like four feet in the air. Spring, spring, <laughs> so what happened was, apparently, I left the poonchki too close to the edge of the counter. And he jumped up and snagged it and wrestled it down onto the floor. Uh, which kind? I think that matters. Yeah, I, I think it was raspberry. It okay. looked like a red jelly. Oh, a good one, too. Because it was all over his little his little tan <laughs> face. Same dog that busted into your Valentine candy? Different dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are... the girl dog got into the chocolate, Bella, and ate all the chocolate. Baxter, the sky dog, jumped up and crashed the, the sky dog. <laughs> And so I had half a poonchki today. You were talking about sweet tooths in your house. Yes. You have two dogs yes. with sweet teeth. And it's one of those things where you're ticked <laughs> off, but it's basically your fault. Like, I was like, you bad dog, you stupid dog. Now we only get a, it's get half a poonchki, but it was my fault because I left it too close to the edge of the counter. I'm impressed. Yeah, he left her lunch up there, though. I, I don't. I, sit means sit does some remarkable things for dog owners. <laughs> I don't know if you can turn off that mechanism that says yeah. donut. 
Yeah, pastry. I see the donuts. I, I don't know if they can cure yeah. that. I don't know if anyone can cure that. Yeah, I wish he talked because I want to ask him, did you like the raspberry? Because I'm not sure I like the raspberry. I <laughs> yeah. kind of like the Boston cream. What did you think of the raspberry? Try the prune. Yeah, but he got punchki. So oh, on Fat goodness. Tuesday, even the naughty corgi got punchki. What was the acrobatic athletic corgi? Oh, it's crazy. I think you need to enter Baxter in some agility. Yeah, it's uh, hard to be mad. Right. I right. know. That's right. Hard, like, <laughs> right. Except that you don't get the punchki. Yeah, that that is disappointing. Yeah. And I also get the. When you do something nice for your partner, especially first thing yeah. in the morning, like, look, be- even before I have caffeine, look how friendly and kind and nice yeah. I'm being. Wait, I, are, are, are prunes bad for dogs? It's a good question. Because I know grapes are bad for dogs. They are. Grapes, raisins, prunes, right? They're in the same family, right? Fam- I wonder if that would have been a bad Ooh, deal. Glad it's raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I, and Michelle is usually quiet in the morning. So when I had heard her, bad dog, what are you doing? I knew either the dog took a dump in the kitchen oh, nice. or the dog had grabbed something <laughs> off the counter. <laughs> Stolen food is preferable. It's an easier yeah, you cleanup. Got that right. Yeah, it may, that made a smile. The other would not have. It is 443. We're going to switch gears up next. Uh, we're going to be joined by a special guest. Dr. Charles Rogers is with the Medical College of Wisconsin. It is Colorectal Awareness Month. Some things that you need to know. We're going to educate you a little bit on what this is about, some things you should think about, and... He's going to give us an update and some insight into the Jimmy Carter cancer situation. We'll do all that after Debbie helps get you home on WTMJ. Dr. Charles Rogers is the associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity and associate director of community outreach and engagement at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Why is that important? Give us some perspective. Yeah, so colorectal cancer, or CRC, is the third most common cancer diagnosed in both men and women here in the U.S. Um, the American Cancer Society currently estimates about 153,000 new cases and nearly 53,000 deaths from CRC this year alone. So this March, but I would argue all year long, we're highlighting the importance of regular screening and healthy lifestyle habits to reduce the risk of CRC. We also know that for some communities, they carry an unequal burden of colon cancer. So that's why we're also focused on addressing inequities or disparities in health. And what exactly do you mean by those inequities? Who is it affecting that we don't realize? So CRC disproportionately affects African-Americans, Native Americans, and other um, members of, of, of typical and under-resourced groups. So I like to usually say um, black and brown communities are usually face the hardest um, um, issues with, with this preventable, beatable, and treatable disease. So individuals from these communities are more likely to develop colorectal cancer at younger ages, being, not, being diagnosed further along in their illness, and also more likely to die of the disease. Dr. Charles Rogers is with us, Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin. He's involved at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. How do you screen for colorectal cancer? Cancer. So those, so those various ways to get screened, what we then I feel like to say that the best screen is the one that gets done. Um, and so colorectal cancer itself can be prevented through screening. Um, and so there's various tests. There's a colonoscopy, which is most known by by various individuals. There's also these take-home st- tests that are um, looked at, um, uh, um, stool samples being taken. So a stool-based test, the take-home, or a colonoscopy are most common. Are they both as effective? Is a colonoscopy better than a ColoGuard or a take-home test? 
So a colonoscopy is, is what we consider the gold standard um, because the colonoscopy actually, um, you know, uh, is a procedure exam that can be done where you actually can remove any problems that could potentially turn to cancer right then and there versus if you take a, if you were to do a take-home test such as a, a fecal immunochemical test or a cologuard, um, it looks for blood in your stool where if you did have a positive outcome, you would indeed have to get a colonoscopy. So a colonoscopy is still the gold standard, but it's, again, the best screening is when it gets done, so something is better than nothing. What a great phrase that is, the best screening, the one that you'll do. Just mm-hmm. just get it done right. and get it taken care of. And I think a lot of us have gone through it, and for all the people who gripe about the preparation process, it's gotten easier. You have choices of a, of a less lengthy time to clean yourself out before you do the colonoscopy, but for a day to do that, that really could save your life. It's a good, yeah. I say it's it's a good process to do. So we'll have to do the colonoscopy if we're smart. But what are some other ways we can reduce the risk of colorectal cancer? And even calling it CRC makes it easier to talk about. You know, and pre- I agree. And prevent. I agree. And so before I move too far, I want to make sure that everyone that's listening is aware of the new screen age. So the recommendation is now that the screen is actually forty five. So we like to oh. say that forty five is a new fifty. As it relates to getting screened for colorectal cancer, and that comes from that um, actually right now colorectal cancer is expected to be the leading calling is expected to be the leading cancer killer among individuals ages twenty to forty nine by twenty thirty. That's only how many years away? Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sooner than yeah, we yeah. sooner than we You're realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's very important for people to be intentional, regardless if they're forty five or not to indeed do things to reduce the risk. And by simply living a healthy lifestyle, understanding your health history, um, getting screened, um, that can be very key. So even when we think about survivors themselves, they can improve their quality of life substantially through healthy eating, adhering to their treatments, you know, being physically active, and even getting good sleep. The Medical College of Wisconsin's Dr. Charles Rogers is with us on WTMJ. All right, what can we do to help? How can we make a difference? Um, talk about it. Um, it needs to be, you know, it's something that doesn't unfortunately get a lot of um, attention until someone famous passes away. Um, but it should be something that's talked about at households at, at all times. Definitely encourage a loved one to get screened, um, you know, as quickly as possible. You know, there's been quite a few delays due to the pandemic, but now that the, you know, the world is slowly starting back opening up, definitely get those colonoscopies and other screening methods um, scheduled. And last but not least, you know, definitely join us at join us at the Medical College of Wisconsin as we go blue in March. And so you're going to see blue everywhere. So blue is the color for Clover to Cancer Awareness Month. Friday, March 3rd, next Friday is National Dress in Blue Day. So everybody, dress in blue at your jobs. You've got some toilet paper. Paint it blue. Do whatever you got to do to have blue <laughs> in your office. Um, the, mayor of, uh, the mayor of Milwaukee has actually proclamated um, – uh, March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, so look out for that. Um, we're lighting a home bridge March from we're lighting a home bridge blue March 3rd to mm-hmm. 15th, the, the first weekend in March as weekend. Um, so just go blue with us as much as you can. Hey, Dr. Rogers, while we have you here, I wanted to ask you about the Jimmy Carter situation. It's been in the news that he's decided to move to hospice. He's battled cancer and other ailments for quite some time. I mean, the guy's 98 years old. What can you tell us about his situation? I know you're not his doctor, but at a high level kind of his situation yeah so so to my understanding you know i want to make clear that i'm a i'm a i'm a phd research doctor not a clinician but with president carter he's been very open about his cancer journey and we know that he was diagnosed with melanoma a type of skin cancer in 2015 that spread to his liver and his brain so at that time he did indeed underwent successful immuno 
therapy treatment. I think there was a there's a catchphrase of the um, the card effect that was going around because of um, this drug was so uh, you know so successful. Um, but I like to note that while you know this is no doubt an emotional time for the Carter family, we got to you know with anybody face, facing cancer that facing cancer that which does not discriminate, we have to know that there's hope. Uh, more people than ever are actually um, surviving cancer. The American Cancer Society recently reported that overall cancer deaths continue to decline, and we've seen a 33% drop in cancer deaths since 1991. Okay. So I would argue that President Carter's years of survivorship are one example of the advances we continue to make in diagnosing and treating cancer. Yeah, he certainly has exhibited strength all this time. And now, in this phase of his life, what does it mean to be in hospice? Great question. Great question. So when someone makes a choice um, to enter hospice, it means that they have decided to forego further medical treatment. The priority comes more focused on reducing any pain and discomfort toward the end of life um, um, and not to provide further treatment. President Carter, he's been very open about his faith, which can be a source of great comfort in the uncertain times of disease. So in the days or the weeks ahead, as we reflect on his life and legacy, part of that also includes his cancer journey. Dr. Charles Rogers is an associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity. He also does important work at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Cancer Center. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Dr. Rogers. My pleasure. Nice to meet you both, John and Cindy.